presence in this place. Let's keep all those that we have been praying for in prayer. Uh, leaving the baptismal tank up. Praise God. Expecting, amen, expecting God to move. Hallelujah. But let's pray for those that we have been praying for. Uh, Marsha Thin Out. Amen. Others that aren't here because of sickness. Pray for Brother Chuck and Sister Linda. And of course, all the saints out to White River. Uh, Lord willing, will be hopefully joining us this weekend. If not all of them, there'll be a few of them coming. And. Uh, who else was I? Who else did I have on my prayer? Praise God. But keep them in your prayers. And uh, I'll be making announcements concerning this weekend later on uh, this evening. So let's be mindful of what's going to happen this weekend. So let's pray right now. And let's ask the Lord to... Oh, Brother Dan and Sister Dina. How could I forget those two? They're on their way. <laughs> They're they're on their way across this great country of ours, traveling to Maine. So I I told them I said I'm praying for you, your trip and everything. So let's pray for them. Praise God, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to be Lord in this place. Amen, Lord, in this house, Lord and Father, to enter your presence. We ask that you would look down upon us and give us grace in your sight lord that you would minister unto us father pour out your spirit upon us lord quicken us and lift us up oh god that we can abide with you lord amen lord in those heavenly places oh lord and i pray father that our hearts amen lord will be oh father open to you god touch our ears that we may hear lord Amen. Our eyes that we may see in our hearts that we can be converted unto you. Open up our understanding, O Lord, that we can be able to receive, Lord, your engrafted word, which is able to save us, O Lord. Impart to us wisdom and knowledge and understanding, O God. Minister to the needs that we have, Lord, all those that we have been praying for, for salvation, O Lord, for healing. God, we lift them up before you, Lord. God, we ask that you would minister, Lord, unto them, O Lord. Amen. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your grace. God, minister to your people, Lord. Go before them. Lord, every house that's represented here, Lord, all our families, we pray that you would meet the needs, O God, of every family, Lord. Amen, God, and of this work, O Lord. Help us, Lord, that we can continue to labor, Father, in love, O Lord, and in your word. We pray, God, that you would help us to be a light, Lord, through our testimony and our witness, God. We pray that souls will be drawn in, O God. Help us to be that light, Lord. Bless us, O Lord. Amen. Bind us together that we can be one body and in one spirit, in one mind, in one accord in this place. Amen. And pour out your spirit upon us, God. Anoint us. Amen. Our worship, our praise, our testimony. The ministry of your word, O oh God. We give you glory and honor, Lord. Let your spirit have liberty in this place, God. Amen, Lord. Minister unto us, O oh Lord. Amen. We pray in Jesus' name. Let it be done, Lord. And everybody give the Lord a hand clap.
it down just a little. The ringing, and I'm really, really loud. So it's good to be in the house of God. Amen. It's good to just come and to be able to feel His presence. Thankful for the snow. <laughs> it didn't hang around long, but thank you, Jesus, for the snow. Amen. Let's just worship Him this evening. Oh 
this song in my mind today, I get I get excited. I'll be sitting there worshiping and start hooting and hollering around. But amen. But that's what God does to me. Amen. Worshiping. He's so good to us. Amen. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Jesus is to me.
started, I uh, want to announce that, uh, of course, this weekend is uh, the end of the year 2023 and then the beginning of 2024. Hard to believe this year has gone by so fast. But here we are. Praise God. So because of that, we will be having... Uh, Kind of move things around a little bit. Uh, evangelistic service Saturday evening. Prayer will be at six, and then service at six thirty. Uh, that would kind of take the place of having the afternoon service Sunday. So Sunday morning we will just be having the Lord's Supper, <clears throat> which will start at eleven and will go until noon. However long it takes us to get through the uh, communion and foot washing, and then. Uh, that time uh, you can prepare for what's going to take place at the army as far as uh, fellowship and games and all that's concerned and uh, we officially get to start at six o'clock but we want people in there if you can come and help set up around five or so get things set start at seven. oh start at seven all right set up at six i stand corrected so anyway uh that's taking place sunday so so let's not forget those of you that can afford to bring a gift for the white elephant. We'll be uh, doing that. And of course, uh, I believe there's going to be a bouncy house in there for all the younger generation. Praise God. So that's what's taking place this this weekend. Wow. It's hard to believe. This year has gone by so fast. And uh, uh, find uh, another another announcement uh, was wanting to schedule revival services for the month of January, but because of certain uh, other things that are scheduled, uh, Cassie Marshall's wedding is toward the end of January, and and, and uh, of course, uh, I believe that there'll be some going down for that. Uh, I was willing. My wife and I will be going down there for that. So uh, move the dates back, and I'll announce the dates probably once I find out for sure. Uh, looking toward the mid part of 
February where we will have revival, start revival, the dates will be announced, and uh, we will, Lord willing, be having two evangelists that will be here for that revival. And so we'll start that, and praise God, we'll be looking forward to move of God because we do need revival. We do need revival. We need to be renewed. We need to be restored. Amen. And uh, I just want to be able just to kind of finish up on some things concerning uh, the tabernacle. I know we started this a while back, and, and especially the, the garments of the priest and, and, and all this. So I just want to kind of finish this up. Uh, and... and uh, put some final uh, notes on on it. So if you want to turn with me, uh, if you want, you can turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 28. And I hope everybody's in the, in the mind to learn. I hope your minds, because I know a lot of people say they're always bored with scripture. <laughs> Why, I don't know. Studying the scripture, it, it shouldn't be like that with God's people. It shouldn't be boring to us, it should be <clears throat> exciting to us. So <clears throat> I, want you to, I want you to find uh, Exodus 28. And then uh, I want you to, I started out with this, I remember at the beginning of this particular study and I, and I referenced the Gospel of John chapter 14. So if you would put your, find that scripture verse, Gospel of John chapter 14, we will be going to that. As soon as we get done reading this passage of scripture here in Exodus, and I will have the outlines ready for this and the diagrams for both these studies that we have been uh, engaged with and, and uh, so I'll have those done and and uh, so anybody that wants the outline and the diagrams for both the tabernacle the study on the tabernacle of course we didn't really touch a lot of things just some high points and then the priesthood so we'll have that ready for you so you can take it and you can do some studying and so if you have Exodus 28 if you have it say Amen, amen. And uh, read there, uh, excuse me, uh, I said Exodus 28, didn't I? Mm -hmm. I mean Exodus 25, excuse me. I need to, Exodus 25, take a, a better look at my notes here. Amen. And uh, Exodus 25, if you have it, and then verse number 10. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. Thou shalt over it, overlay it with pure gold, 
within and without shalt thou overlay it and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about and thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it and put them in the four corners thereof and two rings shall be in the one side of it and two rings in the other side of it thou shalt make staves of shittim wood overlay them with gold and thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark that the ark may be borne with them and may be carried the staves shall be in the rings of the ark they shall not be taken from it and thou shalt put into the ark of the testament and thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which i shall give thee so here this is what he's speaking about here right here this is the this is the ark here's the staves This is what we're going to focus a little bit on tonight. Before, but before we get into it, is everybody paying attention? Nice. Okay. Go to John chapter 14. Remember... And all the instructions concerning the tabernacle, the furniture of the tabernacle, the tabernacle, all everything concerning the tabernacle, all the materials, and even the garments of the priesthood. Remember the one thing that the Lord always reminded Moses in several passages of the scripture. <clears throat> make sure that thou makest, make sure that they make these after the pattern which I showed thee on the mount. So in other words, he was always reminding him, Moses, make sure you make it according to the pattern that I showed thee on the mountain. In other words, the tabernacle, everything in the tabernacle, the furniture, everything concerning the, the structure of the tabernacle, even the court of the tabernacle, and even the garments of the priesthood, everything would have to be made according to the pattern that was showed Moses on the mount. You read that in the book of Exodus. You read that. It's referenced in the book of Hebrews. When, when the writer of Hebrews makes reference to the tabernacle and the priesthood, and he brings up that, amen, what, what the Lord spoke to Moses. Make sure you make it according to the pattern. Terminology is important in the scripture. Certain things we learn, certain things that we come to understand in the scripture terminology is important I want you to pay attention terminology is important because when you do not understand the reason why people do not understand is they never really understand the terminology what it's speaking to us and even even through speaking through, through certain terminology and even symbolism there, there are nuggets of truth that are embedded mm -hmm. in all this. There are nuggets. There's a lot of teaching that is embedded in all this. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, you look at it and you, you say, you know, if we had a, 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 another picture of it, but which we don't, but you might look at it and say, well, that's just a structure. Yeah, but that structure represents something. Mm -hmm. That structure symbolizes something. So here's the thing. You go to John 14, Look what it says here in John 14, 
Thomas said, in verse number five, Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Then Jesus saith unto him, look what Jesus' answer was. He said, I am the way. And the truth. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So he said he was the way, the truth, in the life. So when you study the book, when you study the Gospels, but particularly when you study in the Gospel of John, what Jesus is talking about here, because you'll notice that in, in the book of uh, John, in these, in, in, the, in these chapters, you're going to find out he's making, he's, he's referencing, he's referencing the Old Testament covenant. Everything that he's saying has to do with the Old Testament covenant. You, you, and you realize that. Because, you know, Jewish thought, of course, he was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. So everything he mentions in there, he's referencing. If you listen to the terminology he's using, he's referencing. What's his reference? What's his reference? His reference is this right here. Everything that happens here. Now, I, I want you to understand something. In Jewish, in Jewish thought, in Jewish teaching, this is interesting. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father by, but by me. So in other words, to be able to access, to get into this place right here, no man can come unto the Father except by me. So you can't make your way through here. You can't make your way through here unless you come by Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody understand that? Amen. So here's, 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 here's the beautiful thing about it. So he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Say that. Say the way. The way. The truth. The truth. The life. The life. Now, in Jewish teaching, to be able to enter into the tabernacle, the tabernacle, you know, what they call the tabernacle proper. Here's here's the outer, here's the 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 if you want to say the outer court of the tabernacle. And and to go in there, you have to come, you have to access it through this curtain right here, and this curtain right here, and this curtain right here. Three curtains. You have to access. So you know what they call those curtains? You know what they referred those curtains to? Jesus said, I am the way. Amen. I am the truth. Amen. And I am the light. So in order to access the presence of God, you have to. He said, I am the way. The way is what? The way is repentance and water baptism. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The truth is what? We studied this. 
Of course, the table of showbread represents the word of God. The altar of incense represents prayer. The candlesticks represent what? The light of God, revelation, understanding. So that the way, the truth, all this reveals to us, what is it? Reveals truth to us. Yeah. So we get to that point again. When we get to this place right here, then we have access to the light. Amen. Does that make sense now? Yes. Amen. The light. In the Old Testament, there was only one person that could access that place. That was the high priest on the Day of Atonement. But when the Old Covenant was finally came to its end and the curtain and temple was rent in twain, that way was made made possible that everybody can access the presence of, of God. Amen. Everybody can access, have access to that life. That's awesome. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's Amen. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Amen. So so when I said pay attention, pay attention to the terminology. Pay attention to what the the, 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 the way the, the scripture describes and instructs even even in this situation what he was talking about access to the father because guess what this was a type and a shadow of things to come a type and a shadow of things to come and what he was talking about that was the church the church so you think about that Go to, now you can go to uh, Exodus 28 and uh, Exodus 28 and then verse number 10. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Exodus 25. I keep doing that. Why do I keep doing that? <clears throat> so, so you see here, in Exodus 25, verse number 10. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. Of course, it gives the instructions how that you know, and, and, and all that, we, we read through that. Verse number 16, And thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. And then, here's the, here's the second portion of it. Verse number 17, And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat and one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end even of the mercy seat shall ye make the cherubims on the two ends thereof and the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high covering the mercy seat with their wings and their faces shall look one to another toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be and thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I give thee. And there 
I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of the things which I give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. So, so we see here. We see here. So, so tonight, tonight when we're, ta we're, we're talking about this, he said, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. Right here. Here's what he's talking about. I am the life. The life. Gold representing deity, representing God deity. The shittim wood or acacia is uncorruptible wood. Uncorruptible wood representing, amen, the humanity of Jesus Christ. The gold representing the deity of Jesus Christ. Amen. Two elements. Gold. Wood. Uncorrupted wood. Uncorruptible wood. Gold. Wood. Divinity. Humanity. Infused. And not confused. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I always remember Brother Gerritsen taught us when we were talking about anybody ever seen that song, The Doxology? Yep. Praise God from we used to sing it. But then after we got saved, we changed the word of it. God in Christ Jesus. Blessed unity. Not blessed trinity. God in Christ Jesus. Blessed unity. So those two elements together. But pay attention. Because tonight we're talking about the life. All of you that have come by this way, that's all you. Amen. All you come by the way, and you came to the truth. You came to the truth. So that you can have access to this life. Yeah. Amen. All of you. Yes. Yep. Experience the waters of baptism. Yes. Repentance. The waters of baptism. The word of God. So you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. All of you. Not just me. All of you. All of you that have ever experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know what it's like to be able to feel the power of God. You know what it's like. And this is important because I'm talking to you about the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm talking to you about the life. It's really something that you need to understand. What God has done for you and I in bringing us to this point of salvation. I say that because we need to understand that. 
I say that because we, we should not be ignorant right. of our calling. God called us. Be honest with yourself. You weren't looking for God. God found you. Yep. Right. He called you. Yep. Amen. So that word ecclesia, the church, the church, that's kind of something because I didn't tell Missy what to sing tonight, but she's saying about it. <laughs> the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. So God called you out. Here's the mercy of God. Even though you were not looking for him, right. he came across your path Amen. and he chose you. Amen. He stopped you from doing what you were doing yep. in your life. Yep. When you were lost in sin, right. lost in sin, you didn't know which direction you were going. Right. You, you didn't know what you were doing. Did you? Right. Does that make any sense? Because yeah. a lot of times... You don't even know what you're doing. Yep. You know why? You're lost. Yep. Amen. Amen. Thank you. But God wants you to be found. And God wants you to find your way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. So, it's really important. Uh, Hebrews chapter... Uh, Nine, let's go there. Hebrews chapter nine. Pay attention now. I want you I want you to learn this. I want you to understand this. I want you to comprehend what God is is doing. What God is what He's ministering to us in, in our lives. Uh, Hebrews chapter nine. And here here we have mention of it again. Here we have mentioned it again. Verse number one, if you have it, say amen. amen. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. That's what we're talking about here, the sanctuary here, tabernacle. Okay? So he says, For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick. So that's what we see here, the Holy of Holies. Here's the candlestick. And then he said, and the table, and the showbread. So here's the table of showbread, and there's the showbread. Okay? And, which is called the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, <clears throat> which had a golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant. So here we see the golden censer. Here, here we see, well, the golden censer here, but here we see the, the, the altar of incense right here. There, there, there was this curtain. And then you have access into here, into what, he, what he's talking about, the Ark of the Covenant, and overlaid round about with gold. Wherein was the golden, listen to what he says, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing, the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. In other words, this is of great significance. That's why he said that. Which we cannot 
speak particularly. You just cannot approach this subject without realizing the importance of it. Yes. That's what I want you to understand. I want you to realize this. And I hope I hope you come to a place of understanding where you can this will, will lead you to become more sincere about your walk. More sincere about your faith. Your relationship with God. God called us so that we can live the life. Not that we can live our own life, that we can live the life right here. He called us so that we can live this life. So he's speaking of that. We cannot but speak particularly. In other words, you know what? Let me let me say it. Let me paraphrase it. We need to pay attention. Yes. Okay. So here he mentions it at the golden censer, the ark of the covenant, overlaid round about with gold. Wherein was a golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. So he's talking about what was placed inside the ark right here. Those items were placed inside the ark. He's talking about it. He mentioned those things. Aaron's, the golden pot that had manna and what else? Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. So those three items were placed inside the covenant here. The Ark of the Covenant. They were placed inside. Of course, remember, they call it the Ark of the Testimony. A testimony. The Ark of the Testimony. You notice this. Now, pay attention. Read it for yourself. Do some reading for yourself and read it. Because it wasn't called the Ark of the Testimony until after the law was put inside it. <laughs> so you and I cannot have a testimony until God puts in us. Amen. His word. Because that's what the law is. So let's let's do some referencing here. Uh, first off, he says the tables of stone. He talks about the tables of stone. Let's go to Exodus twenty four twelve, I believe. Exodus twenty four twelve. <clears throat> let's reference that. Let's you can write this down so you can know where it's at. But I'm just giving you these, you know, these places in the scripture where you can reference that. Exodus twenty four twelve and. Uh, You'll see here. And the Lord, if you have it, say amen. amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. So here we have mention of the tables of stone. 
the law, commandments that he, God, wrote so that Moses could teach them. Okay? So we see that. You go over to Exodus 31. The laws of God, if you study the scripture, you're going to find out. There are 613 laws. So in other words, if you walk in the Spirit, you're going to fulfill all 613 laws. And all you have to do is walk in the Spirit. You won't break one law. That, that's why Paul said this, that those that walk in the Spirit, they are not under the law. In other words, they're not judged by the law. When you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to be judged by the law. Some of you want to get rid of your condemnation? Because if you feel condemnation, if you feel not worthy, guess what? What does that tell you? You're not walking in the Spirit. No. That's why you don't like this. Sinners cannot stand in the congregation of the righteous. Because you feel that awkwardness. But if you love the Lord, if you obey His Word, if you walk in His laws, if you keep His commandments, guess what? It's not going to affect you. Okay, I'm just I'm just trying to help you out here, just a little bit. So anyway, the, the tables of testimony, the tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Now here's here's a beautiful thing. What does it say? Written with the finger of God mm-hmm. on those tables of stone. There's a little light there. He wrote he wrote it the first tables of stone. He wrote it with the fingers, with his own finger. Of course, if you read the story, while Moses was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, the people of Israel got tired of waiting for him. So you know what they did? They went to Aaron and said, Hey, Aaron, Moses is not coming back. You might as well just go ahead and you might as well just take over and make us gods. And so what did Aaron do? Of course, he, he formed out of all the gold, the, the God that was the most Supreme God in Egypt, that was that bull, the, the calf God. And so that's what he did. He made that out of gold. And so, because they were familiar with it. And so they worshipped it. But guess what happened? The Lord said, hey Moses, you better get down. I'm just paraphrasing. You better get down there because things aren't going good. He said, and you notice how the Lord says, your people? <laughs> not calling them his people no more it's yeah. your people <laughs> they're, they're, mo- they're fooling around down there so Moses goes down and so what does Moses do when he sees all that you know all that worshipping of, of, of that false god you know what he does he throws those tables of stone down and they shatter so the second time the law was written on those tables of stone, he had Moses do it. Uh-huh. Moses wrote it down. The Lord just dictated to him, so he wrote it down. Okay? So what, what I'm saying is, the Bible says, written by the finger of God. Do you see the light there? Yeah. Written by the finger of God. You know what that was? The Lord was saying, this is what I'm going to do in the next covenant. I'm going to write my laws in their inward parts. How does he do that? By his spirit. Amen. The first time he wrote it on tables of stone, second time he's 
He wrote it on the tables of our fleshly hearts. But by his finger. How does he do that? By the Holy Ghost. Boom. So there's a little revelation there. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> let's go on. Uh, Exodus 34. Since we're in the vicinity. Exodus 34, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first. Now here, this is what I'm talking about. And I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. <laughs> Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. So he said, he said, Hew thee out two more tables, and he said, he said, and then I'll, he said, and I will write upon these tables the words that were. Okay, so go, go to verse number ten, verse number ten of the same, cha uh, same chapter. Look what he said, and he said, Behold, I I make a covenant before all thy people. Now now pay attention to what he's saying, because a lot of times we 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 don't really pay attention to the details. Remember I said. The, the terminology, the words that I use. So he says, I will make a covenant before all thy people. I will what? Do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. Pay attention. Nor in any nation and all the people among which thou art among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. So the Lord says, I'm going to make this covenant. That's what, the, that's what, this, that's what the, these tables of stone basically symbolize, the covenant. I will make this covenant with you before all the people. He said, I will make this covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. So this covenant, this covenant, when this covenant is binding and we're walking according to the covenant, guess what? He said, one of the signs of the covenant, he said, I will do marvels. Pay attention. Remember we talked about what was in the ark? What did we talk about what was in the ark? The golden pot that had manna? Aaron's rod that budded? And so we see, let's go to Deuteronomy 10.5. Deuteronomy 10.5. <clears throat> and we see here, in this passage of Scripture, and this is, this is Moses. Let's, let's back up to verse number one. And at that time the Lord said unto me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mountain, and make thee an ark of wood, and I will write on the tables of the words, the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. And I will make an ark of shittim wood, and hew two tables of stone like unto the first, and went up to the mountain, having the two tables in my hand. And he wrote on the tables according to the first writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord spake unto you, 
in the mount of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave me them unto and the Lord gave them unto me, and I turned myself and came down from the mount and put the tables in the ark which I had made, and there they be as the Lord commanded me. So he took those two tables of stone and he put them in the ark. Wow. So what was the other? What was the other? What were the other items that were in the ark? Well, the writer of Hebrews said, Aaron's rod that budded. Aaron's rod that budded. Aaron is a representation of the Old Testament ministry which proceeded out of the tribe of Levi. So was Moses. They were descendants of Levi. And so because of this, God called Levi, that tribe, to serve him in the ministry. They were called of God. That's what the, the scripture says. Called of God to re represent, amen, God and to represent man. So they were called of God. And you know what he said? And no man taketh this honor upon himself. So in other words, you couldn't just step into that position of ministry unless you were called of God. God had to be the one that would call you. Choose you to represent him in ministry. So he called Levi. And of course he called Moses. And he called Aaron. All a type. All a type of the ministry. Of not just the Old Testament, but the New Testament. Okay? Called and chosen of God. So you see, one of the things that was inside the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded. Interesting. First mention of that is in Exodus chapter 7. If you go there with me. Exodus chapter 7. And if any of you have ever read this story about the account of the Exodus from Egypt and how God dealt with Pharaoh by the hands of Moses and Aaron. But you can see what happened as far as the confrontation of him, amen, refusing to let the people of Israel go. So you see this here in Exodus 7, verse number 8, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, when Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. 
And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So here we see Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod. When the Lord instructed them to throw down his rod and it became a serpent. And here, of course, here comes the, the magicians of, and saucers of Egypt trying to somehow. Amen. Amen. What would what would we call that? <laughs> Trying to copy. Trying to uh, produce. What's the word I'm looking for? Praise God. Trying to compete with God by their magic and by their sorcery, but guess what? Their enchantments, but amen. They could not. Because Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. That's the power of God. The power of God. So we so we see here. Uh let's go to uh Let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 17. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more, a little bit more here. <clears throat> Numbers 17. And, and, and look, look what's going on here. In verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers. Here's a mention of the rod. Of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. Thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against me. So here we see, here we see, there's, there's some murmuring going on as far as who should represent or who, who was going to be in the leadership position representing Israel. And because of this murmuring that was going on, that's why he says, I want every head of all the tribes to, to bring their 
rods, and I want you to write their names upon them and put them there in the Ark of the Testimony. And then, the, you know, the, the, the man in whom, whom uh, the, the rod, the, the rod that buds, that, that will blossom, he said, that's, that's the man that I have chosen. Praise God. So then they do. They put their rods inside the Ark of the Covenant. And so what happened? Verse number 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. So in other words, Aaron's rod was the only rod that budded, so he was obviously, the Lord was saying, he's the one. He's the one that is going to lead. He's the one that I'm going to use to offer up the sacrifices. He's the one. So praise God. He basically, basically bore witness to the ministry of Aaron, the tribe of Levi basically bore witness. Now pay attention to all this. This is important for you to understand. He bore witness. It's only one ministry. <laughs> pay attention to what we're talking about. There's only one ministry. Amen. Only one ministry that has. What does that mean when that rod resurrected? It was a, it was a, Historians say it was, they were almond rods. Almond rods. And so every man cut themselves out an almond rod. Of course, an almond tree, if you, if you cut out, if you carve out an almond tree, guess what that means? The tree's dead. So they take that branch or that rod from a dead almond tree, they lay it inside the testimony. The man whose rod buds is the man that I'm going to choose. In other words, guess what? You know what that represents? Resurrection. That's why it's important for us. Hey, we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the life. Is that what we believe? So resurrection means this, to be resurrected, to be filled with God's spirit. Amen. So Aaron's rod budded, it resurrected. <laughs> so we see that. And the other thing that was in there, of course, was the golden pot that had manna. Now pay attention now. Exodus 16, let's go there. Exodus 16. Like I said, simple terms, but profound. Exodus 16, verse number 14. We'll start there. This is this is kind of the account of the manna. And uh, look what it says. If you have it, say amen. amen. Verse number 14. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing. As, a, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And verse number 15. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, <clears throat> It is manna. For they wished not 
what it was. And Moses saith unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man. According to the number of your persons, take ye a man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some, some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he had gathered, he that gathered much had nothing over, he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they inherited not unto Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. So here we see the account, uh, verse number 31 in the same chapter. You'll see here it says, And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is a thing which the Lord commanded, Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness. Then I brought you forth, when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna <coughs> therein, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. So we see they took the manna. And they put it inside the Ark of the Testimony as a memorial. Amen. When God fed them, when God fed them, manna from heaven. And that's what that word means. Manna means this. Manna means this. It's the grain of heaven. Amen. The grain of heaven. Let me, let me make some interesting... Let, let me kind of bring your attention to some interest, interesting notes. When Moses gave them instruction as far as them gathering the, the manna, of course they could only gather so much. And, and here's the thing. He said, make sure you gather it. Gather it. When I command you to gather it, don't, don't leave it out there. Because when they left it out there, guess what happened? It bred worms. It stayed. So what does that mean? When God gives you the opportunity to receive His Word, you notice that? You notice that? You notice that where He says that? Let me go back to it again. Let me go back to it. Let me find it. Uh, amen. And it says, and it says that uh, where, where did I see that? Uh, verse twenty, where it says, yeah, did that? But what, what did it say? Where, where uh, according to them, okay, gathered some, and then what they mean? Nothing, man. But.
Okay, I'm, I, I, I must, I must be. Uh, well, that yeah, we're we're not to leave it, but I'm I'm trying to think. Of, did I? We come across a scripture where he says, "The taste of it was." Where was that at? Thirty-one. We just got done reading that. How could I miss that? And the house of Israel called the name there manna, and it was the cor like like coriander seeds, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. So in other words, it had some sweetness to it. <laughs> it had some sweetness to it. But guess what? They had to eat it. They couldn't leave it. You had to ingest it. So what does that tell us? When we come to hear the word of God, we shouldn't leave it. We need to ingest it. We need to ingest it. So here, here's the thing. Look, look what, look what. Here, here, here comes Satan tempting Jesus, and he says, "Command that, you know, God make bread out of these stones." And what did he say? Or, uh, that he make bread. He said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God." You know what's in, You know what? I, I want you to understand this. Because we, we tend to think about this. We think physical life is more important than spiritual life. We think physical food is more important than spiritual food. But spiritual food is the food that's going to help us to live eternally. Physical food, we won't live long. So that's why Jesus said, Remember in the book of John, he said, I am the bread that comes from heaven. If a man eat, he will not die. He will live forever. Amen. <laughs> so think about that. The grain from heaven. Okay, man, uh, give, me, give me a few more minutes. I'm out of time, but just give me a few more minutes. So remember, remember what I said. Remember what I said. The way, the truth, the life. The life. The ark of the testimony. Okay? Then what did the Lord say when he told Moses, when I make this covenant with you, he said, I am going to do marvelous things. I am going to do marvelous things. In other words, the thing about this covenant that he said, when I make this covenant with you, I'm going to do marvelous things. It's not going to be an ordinary covenant. Because I'm going to do marvelous things. I'm going to go beyond ordinary. Yeah. Are you listening to me? I'm going to go beyond the ordinary. Amen. I'm going to do the supernatural. Amen. That's what he said. Yeah. When I make this covenant with you, I'm going to do the supernatural. I'm going to go beyond the ordinary. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be extraordinary. Amen. It's going to be supernatural. Amen. Pay attention. Amen. So here's the Lord speaking to his people. Almost 
almost maybe 14, no, about 1,200 years later. Let me back that up. 400 years. 400 years. Almost 800, 900 years later, here's the Lord speaking to his people through the prophet, of, uh, to, through the prophet Isaiah. Look, and look what he says. Go with me to Isaiah uh, chapter 8. Here, here's, here's the Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah almost 800, 900 years later. And, and guess what? This, we're still talking about the old covenant because he's talking about that covenant. So look what he says. Look what he says in, in Isaiah chapter 8. And, and look, look at verse 16. Look what he's telling them. Bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. In other words, bind up the testimony. You know what that means? To bind up means this. Come on. He's saying, he's paraphrasing, he's saying, bind up the testimony. He said, hey, let's, let's get this agreement going. Let's get this agreement going. Bind up the testimony. Let's activate this agreement, this contract. Bind it up. Let's get it going. Seal the law among my disciples. Seal it. In other words, what you need to do is to preserve the law among my disciples. Bind it up. Let's enter into that contract. Yeah. Let's enter into that agreement. Let's, let's do this. And let's seal it. Amen. Let's Amen. preserve it. Amen. So then he says, Look what he says here. Now pay attention to what he's saying here. Verse number 18. He says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel. So what did the Lord tell Moses? He said, This covenant, I'm going to do marvelous things. So it says, Behold, I, the children whom the Lord hath given me, are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Zion. So then he says this in verse number 20 to take the law and to and to the to the law and to the testimony. To the law. What do you think this is? And to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So you and I are the chosen of God. We understand. We understand the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. God will always bear witness. We'll stop there for tonight. I'm out of time. God bless you. We'll see everybody this weekend. Will there be rehearsal tomorrow? Okay, rehearsal tomorrow. Thank you very much for your...